Hello and welcome to series two of the My Little Coco podcast. I am so happy to be back. I have an amazing lineup of guests for this series and I cannot wait for you to hear them. For those of you that are new to the show, in this podcast, I speak to my guests about their parenting journeys, what they've learned along the way and what they still need to figure out. We'll be talking about sleep, mostly the lack of it, the importance of well-being, the myths around breastfeeding and everything else in between. I'll be getting as many tips and tricks from my guests about how to find these balances because let's face it, they're not little for long. Right, let's start the show. Before I introduce my guests, I just want to say a huge thank you to Boots Parenting Club for sponsoring this series. As most of you know, My Little Coco is stocked exclusively at Boots, and as a little treat for everyone, they are offering 15% off of My Little Coco products online. You just need to use the code MYLITTLECOCO15. The code will run for four weeks from March the 1st to the 22nd of March. We all know that parenthood begins way before the birth of our child. There are so many considerations and decisions to make, so I'm very excited to be joined today by model, DJ and soon-to-be mum. Here is Daisy Lowe on the My Little Coco podcast. So thank you so much for joining me, Daisy. I know this is for you the part of pregnancy where you just want to be left alone so I really appreciate it no it's my pleasure you know I always love having a chat with you so how many weeks are you now 33 this week goodness me so this is this is as we record this podcast when you're hearing this you could well have a little one with you Maybe. yeah <laughs> do you know what that that bit used to make me so nervous you know when you see people at the end of pregnancy and they're like oh well if i don't see you before good luck and you're like no 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 no, no. stop stop that because this is now making this all extremely real <laughs> exactly i just keep saying no you will you will see me yeah don't, <laughs> yeah don't make this a thing let's not make this a thing <laughs> so how has your pregnancy been because so far so you're at 33 weeks we, yeah. we know that it works in trimesters let, let, let's go back yeah. to the moment that you found out you were pregnant how was that for you well, I think it was so wonderful because I have wanted to be a mum for as long as I can remember. Oh. And I had a sneaky suspicion um, that, you know, I, I wasn't even very overdue with my period. It wasn't like, but I just, everything just felt, I was like, I, I feel a bit different. And, right. um we went to Wilderness Festival and I was I had a couple of drinks, but I was like, it doesn't taste right. And and then we were going straight from Wilderness to my mum's and got there and was really nervous and made my little, I, we had to go into town for my little sister. She was off to a festival. And um, I just said, okay, uh, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go to the chemist, but I also need to get something for myself. And I was so nervous that, it's like, I'm sorry, Betty, you've got to come into the toilet with me. I've got to do this right now. And which was, and then obviously the test was positive. And it was so sweet because I was with my mum when she had her positive pregnancy test for Betty. So it felt oh my very gosh. full circle. That and really is. It was really sweet. That's so gorgeous. I was with her. 
And then I wanted to call Jordan, but Betty, being 17 and uh, clearly a lot more mature than I am, it's like, you can't tell him this on the phone. You have to wait until you're with him. Oh, I love that. I love that. Like, Thanks, Betty. That's really good. So, Our maturity goes out of the window at that point. It does, yeah. doesn't it? It's like for something that is so mature, <laughs> you're you're about you know you're bringing life into this world. You go just. I remember the same. I remember it being my first pregnancy and actually really thinking that I'd I'd never done a pregnancy test before that. I was 23 mm-hmm. when I found out I was pregnant with Alaya, um, which is young, right? And I. That's really young. And I'd never, literally never taken a pregnancy test before that moment. And I remember like weeing on the stick and Marvin being in bed and literally like, so I've just done a pregnancy test because we were at a wedding all day and everything made me feel weird. I remember thinking, oh, I might be sick or oh, this tastes weird. Oh, I don't know if I like this anymore. It was just like you say, mm. it's just indifferent feeling, isn't it? This isn't me now. I kind of know something's odd. Mm. Um, and I literally did the pregnancy test and thought, I, now it says I'm pregnant, but I've never done this before, so I've probably weed on it wrong. <laughs> and, I, and I remember googling it, and it would be like, it was like, no, it would never tell you you're pregnant if you're not. It might say the other way around that you're not, and you yeah. could be. I'm like, oh, so I'm sort of pregnant. I think I just didn't believe think- it for so long. <laughs> well, I kind of I went and met my mum with Betty, and she was having her nails done in town, and so I told mum first, and. But obviously at this point, I think I was only about five weeks pregnant. And so it's super early mm. and obviously you want to be, you know, I'm th- I am was 33 at the time. So it's like, okay, you've got to wait until you're 12 weeks to really believe it yourself even. And It's weird that we're conditioned to think that way. Mm. Isn't but, it? I mean, yeah, totally. But I think there's, there's so much fear around the mm. beginning of pregnancy mm. and... So she was like, you know, congratulations, but I don't want to say congratulations yet. And all I wanted to do was sort of scream about it. And yeah. Get really over yeah. But then I had to wait for Betty to have her nails done, which felt <laughs> like it was taking forever to then go home and tell Jordan. And so wow. by the time I made it back, poor thing. <laughs> I just sort of was like running around the house trying to find him and he was working out at the bottom of the garden and I ran ran down and threw my arms around his neck and just went, we made a baby. And he was like, uh, you're really terrible at giving news. <laughs> just, just like... That is so funny. It was That's... just like, how do you give it? He was like, you could have told me to sit down. Fair, fair. <laughs> so, at this point, I've been waiting like two and a half hours. It felt like I was going to bursting with this. Yeah, this is a big thing to try and keep to yourself. I'm, I'm always like really commend people that can. And I also think that, you know, we always say this 12 week period, which, you know, I was the same and I've also been the same every time. But I remember talking to one of my really good friends that, uh, you know, that actually it's a real difficult process for her. And, you know, I feel so full. And because I was young, I just really didn't, I didn't think that was a thing at the time. And the older you get, you're like, well, you know, I might not find it as easy this time trying for a baby. And she said something so interesting to me and it's stayed with me since. Why do we say you can't tell people for 12 weeks? Because if in that situation, which for her, you know, she's lost babies several times over, actually 
in that period of time, you need everyone to come and scoop you up. You need yeah. that support of everyone. So to sort of alienate yourself from everyone by not telling everybody, actually, that's the time where you need the most support. But it's weird that we're sort of conditioned to not, don't tell a soul until you're Don't tell weeks. anyone. Yeah. So that you then deal with it alone. Right, <laughs> you know? exactly. And you deal with the grief and the heartache completely solitary. Completely by yourself, because that's, yeah. you know, it's like, no, I need a gang around me at that time. Yeah. It's such a good point, actually. How have you found the hormones? I mean, they've been interesting. (laughs) How has has Jordan found the hormones? Do you know what? I feel like he's had more pregnancy hormones than I have. Um, (laughs) I think for for dads, it's so abstract. And Mm. I think that there's like something that happens to men because they don't have the bubba growing in their tummies. There's like this... Well, I've certainly seen it in Jordan, this insane pressure to be like the provider and like yeah. work, work like I've never seen, I've never lit, seen a fire lit so large under his backside. <laughs> and, but it's just, and I've had to kind of talk him through a little bit, just because I'm like, darling, you're, you're going to be great at this. Don't worry about it. You're mm. naturally, he's so paternal and has always, he's got, two younger sisters who he's amazing with and would do anything for and that was always like when we first got together I was like wow you could be good at this you know um but I think because that, that, feels... that's that's so attractive isn't it when that yeah. dawns on you you're like oh oh yeah you're work. gonna be you're, you could be a keeper yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um but I think yeah, so that's his pregnancy hormones. Um, I'm sure he'll love that I'm talking to you about that. Sorry, Jess. Um, um, but then the I felt I've been really calm, which Ooh, I've, nice. I've never really had in my life ever before. I've always been pure chaos. Um, but I think I keep thinking, is this just pregnancy hormones, or am I just reaching a new? phase in my life yeah. where actually yeah. I just take things in my stride easier. Um, I have a much lower tolerance for negativity or, you know, just I'm so sensitive. I think that's how it's really manifested in me that mm. I just You want to protect your space and your yeah. bubble, don't you? And that like, the, and the energy that comes with it. And that, that's so mm. funny. It's like hearing myself talk when I was pregnant. <laughs> it's, it, it instantly, you go, ah. And then you have another, what's mad? Yeah, but you have another layer of that when the baby arrives. Ah, it's wild. Okay. That you're literally like, did I used to worry about this kind of shit yeah. before? Like, was that, was, was that even a thing? You, you then you're, you're so far removed and you, you even hear people having a conversation and you're like, oh, oh no. It's, it's so, it, it's so it's far so- away. And it yeah, does feel much more like water off a duck's back, but I think it's also like, I think anyway, through the pandemic, our world's got so much smaller and mm. it became so clear who our like real ride or dies are. Yeah. And, and I'm so grateful that I'm kind of going through pregnancy now with such an amazing support network around me. But I've just, like, I really just feel like my phone is really triggering and intense and feels a bit like this alien object that I just don't want around me as much. That's interesting. Um, 
which then means that certain family members seem to think that I'm like really annoyed with them. But I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm just trying to cultivate my own little bubble. And yeah, but that's beautiful. The, and, yeah. and you should, you know, this is like, you, you, it's that lioness thing that happens instantly, isn't it? That you just want this around you to just sort of, you, you, you build your home. It's a, it's a yeah. really odd thing. And that yeah. that does happen quite instantly. I wanted to ask you, how have you found, because obviously, we know you for your modeling career and you know everything else that you've that you've done since then and i wondered because it's something that i sort of had in me having the girl band background and it was all very much body focused and yeah, of course. you know i wonder how for you obviously and you've always been open about loving your body you know it, however your body moves well, throughout exactly. your life well i think also my how- my body was always so different to the norm uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, in your I'm, industry, completely. In my industry, yeah. totally. And I always wanted to champion real women's bodies. And mm-hmm. so pregnancy felt like such an extension of that. Um, right. But I also know that I was so, I've been so nervous, I think, because in the first trimester, particularly when I hit like month three, those yeah. mood swings and the, the cycles of like hysterically crying, furious, like you're you know steam's coming out your ears and you want to throw everything out the window and then like hysterically crying and then absolutely pissing yourself laughing terrifying (laughs) um who are we exactly i don't even know myself (laughs) and yeah poor jordan just like i think i think it's pregnancy (laughs) hormones it's like of course it is (laughs) like don't usually behave like this (laughs) do Um, i (laughs) do i exactly Um, i'm scared and I have always been, I always found that exercise has always been really helpful in mm. just keeping me on a much more even keel. Yeah. So throughout pregnancy, I've been kind of seeing my trainer a few times, two or three times a week, and then swimming and doing prenatal yoga a couple of times a week as well to just... Move your body. Really move my body mm. and really stay in my body because I'd really like it as gentle birth as possible. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, but also with the view that postpartum, I just want to be completely present with my baby and I don't want to let that awful guilt that has nothing to do with this beautiful process. But mm. it's just, I'm so mindful that it's so ingrained in me to be so judgmental of my own shape and i think yeah. that whole like that snapback thing is just ridiculous oh the bounce it's, back culture is just terrifying it's ridiculous and it, and it and like it doesn't happen and i not. you know i i i have if you're you know i say lucky you know i have friends that they really do leave the hospital in their old jeans and you know, it, it, that's just in them. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's also, like, hats crazy. off to them. Congratulations. I won't be one of those women. <laughs> but, no, and and I really wasn't. And I, and, but I think I have always, as you say, I've all, I, I exercise throughout my pregnancies because I've really mm. found that sort of mental space for me and that me time really important where I switch off and I have no phone and I think about nothing else than what I'm doing in that moment mm. I'm very present and I'm still to this day that's kind of my happy space mm. um but yeah I think it's weird isn't it when you like you say you have to really consciously make an effort to not make 
this part of your body negative like for, for the aftermath exactly and I think it is it does take work it does because I think we're conditioned to think that oh well the baby's gone now so you're just should fat. be normal I think that yeah be it's back like a to really your weird... old normal self but actually exactly your body's just gone through the most intense experience it can go through and Ever. and also it's you know it's not a short amount of time like, I'm now at 33 weeks and I, it feels like I've been pregnant for a year so like, actually for an age. I yeah but actually we are pregnant for nearly a year like, yeah it's it was not basically 10 months isn't it yeah. they say nine months I'm like it's definitely 10 it's definitely 10 um, with 40 weeks thank you yeah thank um, you very much <laughs> and and actually the you know and I, I'm the same. I've got friends that have like instantly left in tiny clothes and mm-hmm. looked amazing, and I have lots of friends that have that haven't that haven't. And actually, like I, I'm hoping to breastfeed. I will see how it goes. I'm going to try and not be too hard on myself because I am mm-hmm. a real perfectionist. But I'm just mm-hmm. going to try and go with the journey. But ultimately, postpartum, like it's all just about as much nutrition in your body so that you yeah. can then feed really be fuel the baby and fuel yourself because you really have to look after yourself you really do because if you're not fueling yourself and I learned that really quickly you actually physically can't fuel a baby in terms Mm. of like headspace in terms of energy in terms of actual food you know it's kind of it's such a you really do have to be kind to yourself and we all say it so much but it it it's so it's so real afterwards because it's so easy to just see and the way the world is now see things on Instagram and think oh I don't quite look like that or I'm not actually out doing this yet am I sort of behind because I haven't left the house in weeks it's kind of just really going at your pace and not letting that outside noise creep in so you're doing so good to like cultivate in your own bubble now we'll see how it goes <laughs> but, and like, um, one of my really lovely friends sent me that book the first 40 days and it's so mm. in- oh, amazing um but I was just I was reading it just crying it just made me absolutely sob because I just thought actually in our culture it's like oh get the baby out to meet everyone and let them be passed from pillar to post and and actually you know well what what about that you know it must be quite traumatic for them to be leaving your body and what about yeah like both of your recoveries and yeah you know that idea of being really gentle and not like really nurture that space so it's just all of that stuff I just found so interesting and sometimes it's kind of actually you you've had this baby with you for so long it's actually really hard Mm. to see somebody else holding them I remember having that moment of like can they go now? Do you think I can kick them yeah. out of my house? Because I just want my baby back. It's a really weird thing. But I mean, come at 3am when they're screaming, I can I love you then. <laughs> but, but right now, not so much. We actually did this thing where um, everyone used to come over. And then when we had Blake during lockdown, it was actually really refreshing because nobody had come. It was, yeah. oh my gosh, it was like so amazing. And then when you could start to see people, we actually went to them. 
And I found, and, and this, I've never, never did this before, but it was actually really nice because I could go, oh, we'll pop in actually and see you for a cup of tea. And they make you the cup of tea because <laughs> you're the tired And then one. you have the control of when you get to leave. They're like, oh, it's time to and go. And there's, oh, it's bath time. I'm going to have to leave because I need to get home. So it's actually really yeah. nice because people outstay their welcome by nature. You can't help that. It's just the way it goes. <laughs> and then you're the one sort of making sure everyone's fed and watered. And actually, if yeah. you take some time and then go to see people you can actually you're in control of the whole thing you're like I've that only got half an hour because I need to run home yeah. for a feed and they're just happy to see the baby and a quick catch up and that's you done so yeah I keep, love keep that in your back pocket I'm gonna <laughs> definitely that one is sticking with me thank you <laughs> um, have you thought about birth yet have you thought about yes. birth plans or have you you know we always I wrote say, my birth plan this morning did you actually yeah, okay, um, I'm intrigued. I've, I've been <laughs> well. I've been doing hypnobirthing, which has been so incredible. I'm just like I'm so 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 grateful to this amazing woman called Nicola Wilson, who she's birth story hypnobirthing on on Instagram. But she's just really calm, really gentle, and it's I'm I've been really we've done three out of four of the lessons, and I think we've got a couple of refresher sessions before labor, but I've been really shocked at how much I didn't know about my own body that I learned, have learned in sessions with her. And really it's made me again, like just don't understand why we don't learn that stuff in school. You know, it's just shocking to me that, you know, I didn't realize that I've got two we've all got two sets of muscles in our uterus and one is active and one is passive and and that adrenaline actually stops your passive muscles which blocks labor but then your active muscles keep going so you need lots of oxytocin all the happy hormones stroking dim lights to actually make those two muscle groups work in harmony. Things like that, I just think that would help millions of women if you just had that in the biology syllabus. It's, it really yeah. won't take very long. We learn about muscle groups, you know? And you're like, how have I got to this big age and not known this? Well, exactly. I'm like, how do I not I've had three I've had three children and you've just taught me something. <laughs> no, way. it's insane. Wild. And and you know, learning how if you, you know, the more relaxed you are through labour, the easier it is, which part of me before all of this, I would have thought that actually that kind of stress hormone would have been like, okay, get the baby out, you know, but actually, yeah, but understandably. It takes and you're that. sort of taught that, aren't you? Everything we've ever seen in terms of labour labor is actually scary back. and traumatic. Yeah. It's all traumatic. You're just, you're just literally seeing, ah, and you know, that's, that is enough to just terrify anyone, any woman. Anyone. Anybody. I think after the first hypnobirthing session, um, Nicola encouraged us to write kind of like a, a birth intention. And Yes, uh, and we, that's a good way yeah, of it. Because obviously you want to be loose with whatever, you know, mm -hmm. and however the baby is positioned and all of that stuff. I just have to trust that the baby come yeah ready um quite likely sooner rather than later <laughs> yes in the in the most straightforward way possible please yeah, exactly um uh, no don't course. be a diva yeah, exactly. just just get out of here um just be chill about this whoosh it's all i'm thinking um but, but the and uh, 
And I ended up writing this birth intention, which is separate to the birth plan, but the, the, it's, I think it was called our birth story. And, and Jordan was absolutely wetting himself because I'd, he doesn't usually read long text messages. He's not really a text message kind of human. And I sent this like note over to him, but because he was in the car, it got read out while oh, he was driving to work. And at the beginning, I said, I would very much appreciate going into labour once the bed has been made, preferably with clean sheets. And he was just like, he's always straight away. And just said, so, Daisy. <laughs> Like, well, how? Why does that have anything to do that? I was like, because I want to come home to a clean bed. Yeah, <laughs> it's, my it's my intention. Exactly. <laughs> and it's now your business to make that happen, Jordan. <laughs> because then I was thinking, well, once contractions start, do I then like change the bed sheets to get ready, or you know, <laughs> so, am I going to want to do that between surges of this? Nesting is a funny thing, isn't it? Hilarious. Nesting is a funny, funny old beast. Yeah, I think I've only got two <laughs> two drawers left in the entire flat. That yeah. I, need. I was like, by the end of it, I was so organised to the point of like, as in my house. Yeah, my house was literally. Like you know when you when you're when it's Christmas and your mum would be like, Oh no, you you don't don't eat that. That's for Christmas and it'd be like yeah. a week away and you're like, Mum, so I'm not allowed to eat that bread over there. No, yeah. no, no, that bread's for Christmas. Day. But poor Marvin, that's what sort of world he was living in. I'd be like, well, you can't sit on that part of the sofa because I've just cleaned that and so he'd be like, Can I live? I'm like, No. No. Pretty much not in this house no. right now. <laughs> no. See you once the baby's popped up. <laughs> <laughs> So we just touched on your birth plan um, and I thought now might be a good time to bring in my friend Mars, Mars Lord, who is a doula of dreams. She's a life coach and birth activist and just like a fountain of knowledge. Genuinely, she's like Amazing. my WhatsApp go-to person. And what's weird is we have, I've not been pregnant since I've known her and I'm really upset about it to oh the point no. where I considered, I considered having another one, but I realised three is my limit. Three is my limit. So I'm handing her over to you. Um, hello, Mars. Hi. Good to see you. Nice to meet you, Daisy. Hi, it's so lovely to meet you, Mars. How are you doing? So we are chatting away all things pregnancy and birth, and I know that is your sweet spot. So I kind of wanted this to make this quite insightful for, you know, for Daisy too, because this is her first baby. You know, I like talking about anything baby related, but also just as a takeaway from anyone listening to this, because it is a daunting time, first baby, not knowing, I suppose sometimes the right questions to ask. So maybe let's start with, what sort of questions should we be asking our doctors, I suppose, when it comes to birth plan, etc.? Well, I mean, before you can ask your doctor or your midwife about, you know, uh, your birth plan, you need to decide pretty much what you want. And Daisy, you spoke about that really quite well, that you've got your birth intentions, you know your body and you want a gentle birth. So what does a gentle birth look like? And 
you have um, hypnobirthing as one of your tools and you use your pregnancy yoga and swimming, all of these things that just help for you to be inside your body. And some people won't like hypnobirthing or swimming or yoga, but it really is just about knowing and learning your body. So I always say the first thing to do is write down a list of all the things that you don't want. Then go through and put your red, your red line in the sand. This is it, no crossing this line, this is what I want to do. If you think about, sometimes it's difficult to think about what you do want, particularly if you're a first timer, right? You're like, okay, I want a gentle birth. Well, that sounds great, but what is it? <laughs> yeah. You know, but, it's like, yeah. but I'm saying the right things. And so then you talk to a healthcare professional and say, I want a gentle birth. And they say, uh-huh. Sure you do. <laughs> and, then, and then they wait <laughs> and they say, okay, well, this is what's actually going to happen. But of course, no one knows what's actually going to happen and no one knows your body better than you do. So there will be some things that instinctually don't work for you. Now, just because someone that went to, um, to medical school for what seems like a billion years and has attended lots of births, has information according to their experience and what they've learned, they don't know you and your body. So the first thing is to listen to your instinctual self, right? Because I've seen so many um, people giving birth that say, I really need to roll over and they'd be like, no, no, I need you to stay into this position. And they say, I can't. And then they literally, they might say, go in onto all fours and then the baby just starts to come in and say, like, oh, well, I wasn't expecting that. And I've been at births where, where my client has been kneeling down the bed and the midwife said, well, I've never seen a baby come like that before. Because people have their experience, the way they're trained, and they see things in quite a linear way. And from, from, a, from a textbook as well. And, and actually, as you say, you're not in someone's body. And I do find it wild that so many births are on your back with your feet in stirrups because surely you want to use gravity yeah. to help. Mm. You're so right, you're so right. What do you think, cause you know, at that obviously Mars, when mm. you're in that situation, you are in labor, What sometimes you are so f far away from being present, as much as yeah. you want to be present, it's like, oh, it can be a bit of an out of body experience. So. In terms of a birthing partner, mm. what, what, what does your birthing partner need to know? And whether that is your partner, whether that's a friend, mm -hmm. whether that's a doula like you, what does your birthing partner need to know or need to ask? Okay, so we go slightly backwards into the birth plan. And this is a plan that you make together, okay? I know you mm -hmm. talk about Jordan and you're like, well, you know, what does he know? <laughs> to some extent, what does he know? But he's going to be your first supporter, your first helpmate. Even though you've got professionals around you, he's your first gatekeeper. So firstly, he needs to know what you want. Then I ask, as you go through the rest of your pregnancy and for anyone who's at the earlier stages of pregnancy, and in fact, it works postnatally as well. I want you to use two major organs. I want you to first use your brains. Now, brains is an acronym. What's the benefit of this thing that you want me to do or not do? What are the risks of this thing you want me to do or not do? Is there an alternative to this? What does my instinct tell me? 
what if we do nothing or wait a while? And what does the science say? And if there's no science, then just smile. So that's your brains. But some people are like, oh, that sounds a bit confronting. So then I ask you to use your heart. I hear what you're saying, Dr. Midwife, and I empathize with those things, but I'm just gonna assert and affirm my choices and what I want. But let me reassure you that if anything changes, I'll come back to the table. Thank oh, you for your time. Beautiful. Here, empathize, <laughs> affirm, reassure, thanks. So I've heard of the brains, but the heart is really, because it's so, but again, going back to gentleness, it feels, uh, you know, just, that's so lovely. <laughs> it's really nice. We, 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 need, we need you on voice note. <laughs> Can you just voice note that? <laughs> um, and what about dealing with fear? Because oh, yeah. as Daisy and I sort of spoke about before, you're sort of like, you're fed this idea of what labour is, whether that comes from movies, whether that's watching One Born Every Minute, whether that's... Why? Why? <laughs> I know. She tells me off of that. I, she's like, no, not, not One Born Every Minute, but it's one of my favourite programmes. I can't help it. Um, but, you know, and, and however that looks, we've sort of been fed for, for mm. you know, years and years mm. before now that it's going to be the worst pain of your life. It's go, you know, Isn't it's... It? <laughs> That's the question I always ask. Is it? I've supported hundreds of people in labour and birth, right? And some of them, I remember one client, oh, she was so funny. She said to me, I told her that there's a part called transition, which is that bit just as you're hitting the top of the mountain and everything seems just too far and too hard. And I said, and for some people, what happens is they fall asleep. She said, I will never fall asleep in labour. Labour's far too painful. I did remind her afterwards how she snored. So, <gasps> wow. It's going to work with you the way it works That's with you. amazing. Fear is about being unsafe. Fear is about the unknown. So how do you travel the unknown? So I was mm. coaching um, one of my clients through birth and her biggest thing was fear of birth. So we started to look at why is fear useful and when is it not helpful, right? Fear is simply right. your brain saying, listen, I just need to keep you safe. So what is it that you know? Mm -hmm. You know that your body can do this. Perhaps your body might need assistance from someone else, but mostly it won't. And if they leave you alone a lot in the labor, then your body will do what it's going to do. When we fear, we tense up, we tighten, we pull up. But when we're giving birth, our body wants to release, relax, go down and open. So when we go into fear, we sort of fight against our body. So how do we avoid the fear? First, stop listening to people's birth stories. <laughs> people rarely want to tell you the good ones because they've been taught that if they talk about the good births, they're boasting, they're lucky, and it puts pressure on other people and makes other people feel bad that they've had but a bad birth. That's not fair, surely it should be inspiring and yeah. actually help lots of women feel like they can do it too. Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly that. But we don't do that because we punish people for having the things they want, doing right. things the way they work, doing things easily. It's very English. Isn't it's, it? That is the most <laughs> British thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I had a client, she gave birth so beautifully. And as the midwife walked out, she said, please don't tell anyone because you'll upset people. 
and I looked at my client and I said, you tell the fucking world. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly that. Wow. What you watch That's on crazy. TV is not how birth works. And you no. both said earlier about being up in stirrups, that doesn't happen often unless you have an instrumental birth that's forceps or von choose and things, mm. which you kind of Like you said, it, it's what we're fed, isn't it? Yes. It's what we're fed. So you have this vision of, of you know, of perhaps what what isn't. Yeah. I want to also ask you, um, Miles, before you leave us, I want to ask you, what would your advice be, I suppose, for Daisy and also for anybody expecting if your birth plan has to change? So... I always say have a birth plan A, B and C. A, this is my ideal birth. I want a gentle birth. And for you, Daisy, it could be anything. I want to be in a field, in a pool, you know, with dogs oh, singing nice. above me. Field and fairies. And- <laughs> yeah, unicorns. <laughs> so what's plan B? Well, plan B is when things don't go according to plan A, the ideal plan. So... What if I do decide to accept an induction? And seriously, you don't need to unless there's a clear medical reason and they don't tend to have too many of those. But anyway, so how do you want that to go? What are the options in induction? How can you stick as close to your plan A as possible within it? Or something happens with you or the baby and the plan has to change. Okay, who do you want in the room? How do you want to be treated? How do you keep it close to plan A? So if you're using four steps, or von choose. So birth plans are about you knowing what you want and you exercising for yourself some form of control. Control for because your brain goes, okay, if I'm not out of control, I can do this. I can do this. This allows you to go off into what we call labor land where the thinking brain switches off. I think that started a long time ago, the thinking brain being switched off through pregnancy. It's definitely <laughs> non-existent, that part. Mine was literally that moment where I said I peed on the sick and I was like, I don't feel like me. Things taste different. I was gone. Yeah, it's gone. Me too. I was gone. <laughs> Oh, yeah. you're going to a whole other, a whole other, a whole level. other level. We're on the fast train. And <laughs> <laughs> then you want your plan C, which people don't like to think about. And plan C is your cesarean plan. And there's lots of information out there about gentle cesareans. And I was plan C, so it doesn't have to be Were scary. You? It doesn't have to be scary, yeah. But you can have things like having the monitors on the back of your shoulders rather than the front of your chest so that you can have skin to skin with the baby when the baby mm-hmm. comes out. So it doesn't interfere with breastfeeding, etc. So plan A, ideal. Plan B, when it doesn't go to plan, plan C. If you plan to have a cesarean or if for some reason you have a cesarean. But you also yeah. need another plan, which... N- very few people remember you need your postnatal plan your postpartum plan so you mentioned reading that wonderful book that i give to all of the doulas that i train or get them to buy is the first 40 Ah. days right now different traditions different cultures do it in different ways but they all have a 40-day plan here in the uk ours has become so vanished that it's now the six-week checkup from the doctor is the end of our 40 days. And we're not doing the staying at home, allowing our bodies to recover. Everything that opened wide to close back down, allowing us time to get to know our baby. This is where feeding can fall down because we're not having that skin-to-skin time and just learning what our baby does and what is normal for our baby. And, and also the pheromones, just the, just your pheromones with the baby, yeah. surely. 
you know, as soon as someone else comes into your nest, yeah. then... All you want to do is punch them, shoot them, or drop kick them through the door because you just want to hold on to your baby. And they're trying to tell you how to do it. <laughs> I told yeah. you, it's really weird. And it will be like someone that you love, like a family member. But in that moment, you're like... <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> Who do you want around you? When do you want them around you? Are people are you prepared to tell people, listen, you can have a short visit, but it literally mm. is that and that's Jordan's job to say, Look, you're on the clock. He'll be good at that. Twenty <laughs> minutes very good with boundaries. Much better than I am. If you yeah. bring food Yeah. If you bring food, yeah. clear yes. up and take the rubbish away. If you make food, clear up and take the rubbish away. And you're not yeah. there to host anyone. But if you want to close down for the first couple of weeks and just not really see anyone, I mean, FaceTime is wonderful. Show them a couple of pictures, videos on, on the FaceTime. Well, we, we did say, because we've done some research into postpartum and Jordan and I had a discussion about it and I just said, you know, I'd quite like the first two weeks to just be the two of us. And, and he said, I think that's a brilliant idea. You know, we'll get to understand our baby, our baby's rhythms, because I think that, yeah, we, we've never done it before. We're first time parents. We want to see how this goes. Um, so uh, it's been popular with certain family members and very unpopular with others. But it always ultimately, will be. Exactly. And ultimately, it's not about them. You just want my mother's um, thought there. So I remember she said to me, if you have the baby in the middle of the night, nobody call me. It will still be a baby in the morning. <laughs> exactly. Brilliant. Love it. Yeah, so true. Um, Mars, thank you so much. This has been, like, so insightful. I mean, as always, I don't expect anything less from you. Um, I feel very lucky to have been part of this conversation and hear all of oh, your wisdom. Thank you, Mars. Daisy, you are going to have the most glorious birth. And the reason you're going to have the most glorious birth is because you're going to make your decisions. It's a, if you have your plan A or have your plan C, if you use your brains and heart throughout, if you make the decisions that you want to make, then your birth will be a glorious birth. It may not turn out to be the birth you planned it to be, but it will be glorious. Remember all of the choices and all of the decisions are yours because despite them trying to infantilize us, you're a grown ass woman who knows her mind and knows her body. Have a peaceful, peaceful birth and just allow yourself to be. I'm so excited for oh, you. Thank you. I I'm gonna burst into tears. Thank you. <laughs> I like to ask all of my guests the same thing. And what I normally ask is, what have you learned about parenthood and what are you still trying to figure out? But where we're still in this beautiful world of pregnancy for you, I want to ask you, what is the biggest thing you've learned about pregnancy and what are you excited to discover? Well, I think the biggest thing that I've learned about pregnancy is that, well, the, the fantasy of being pregnant has that truly been burst <laughs> because I think I wanted to be pregnant for so long and I my body went through so many changes that meant that it couldn't at the right time and whatever and I do believe in divine timing and everything happens what has and when it should mm -hmm. do but by the time I actually became pregnant myself I was so shocked at how much rougher it really was to be pregnant. And look, I've got loads of friends that have had the most glorious pregnancies and felt incredible the whole way through. 
what one of my gorgeous friends was on tour until like she was seven months pregnant wow. i mean unbelievable um i was not one of those humans and i found like the first five four or five months really rough seas i was nauseous all the time i was absolutely exhausted and then i've had the past three months of feeling great and now it's i've, I've come to the bit where i'm feeling heavy and nauseous again which is yeah because you know, mm. baby's pressing on all of my digestive everything organs now everything there's no room there's no yeah. room it's no room <laughs> um and <laughs> so i think through pregnancy i've really learned to that it's okay to be gentle with ourselves. I think there's so much pressure on women to, you know, keep working and get going and like, mm. put, put your face of makeup on and, and make sure that everyone thinks that you're doing really well. And actually, it just didn't work for me. And I just yeah. wanted to be really honest throughout my pregnancy about the fact that it's really, it's incredible what our bodies are doing. And it's for the best reason I've ever had to feel that rotten. Um, but it, <laughs> but it's, it's really hard work, you know, and, and, and that's more than okay. You know, it's wonderful. But I think it's, it's important to not just put this brave face on and this mask on about it. I think that was my biggest yeah. learn through pregnancy. You're right. And what are you excited to discover? I, I'm really just excited to see what my baby is like and just have my baby here and I can't wait for oh. all the cuddles and the adventures and the sleepless nights and the can't wait to introduce my baby to food <laughs> keep thinking about that like four oh, month that's weaning the, that's my favorite part Daisy weaning is like I can't wait to talk to you when you're at weaning because it is magic I mean half of it ends up on the floor but it's just like <laughs> oh my favorite part is weaning I have to tell you <laughs> So this part of the show we call My Little Tips. And from you, I really want to know what would be your best tip on, I suppose, learning to love your new body and coping with the changes, you know, the differences in yourself. I know we all know we're so grateful that we are carrying, you know, our little one and how precious that is. But also it feels very out of body that, it's almost can feel alien-like, you know, totally. dealing with the new you. Yeah. I mean, I've always found exercise as such a huge kind of solace. And, you know, it's always been a great soother. And it's how I got through my teenage angst was just dancing my ass off. And, um, and then later discovering that actual personal training. Swi and swimming has been unbelievable just because it supports everything. Um, and I started pregnancy with quite bad scoliosis so actually just to be that supported in the pool um has been really helpful and actually weirdly straightened I think through that and personal training I've kind yeah. of managed to and pregnancy hormones thank you relaxing um straightened my spine a bit um and pregnancy yoga a, a friend of mine sent me a video on youtube which is actually like half an hour long by one of the old Miss Universes called Lara Dutta, this beautiful Indian woman. And she just does this, I think it's 28 minute yoga practice. And my goodness, it okay. has eased my lower back like nothing else. It is for anyone who, and you, it's, you can you do it throughout all of your trimesters. And my friend sent it to me because wow. she did it 
throughout her pregnancy every day. I mean, I haven't done it every day, but um, but it's been so helpful. Um, and I think all of that, just like getting into your body, getting into my body has been really helpful for those changes. And then having, you know, as soon as I could start to feel my baby kicking, I think that's when you mm. feel really, well, it's that, that connection and that excitement and understanding why your body is then shifting in the way it is so drastically and um and really kind of trying to just nourish myself as much as possible you know like I have been if I could bathe in creams and body oils I essentially have done every day (laughs) Marvin described going to bed with me as going to bed with a wet fish wet fish see Jordan Jordan actually won't share a duvet with me anymore. We have to have two separate duvets because, yeah. yes, I am slippery and I'm also the temperature of the sun. <laughs> so, oh, I know. I know. Goodness gracious. Unbelievable. You literally have an inbuilt radiator. Oh, yeah. Big time. So your tips would be sort of lean into, lean into it, nourish mm. yourself, like try and be in your body as much as possible and movement I suppose movement movement and and also I think holding your boundaries you know because I think people are feel it's appropriate to talk about your body when as a woman anyway but particularly when you're pregnant everyone wants to touch your belly and which is very sweet you've got big haven't you exactly I mean I went and had a um that horrible glucose test at 27 weeks and you know when they make you drink the whole thing of liquid sugar mm-hmm. to see how if you mm-hmm. have um gestational diabetes or whatever and the phlebotomist said 27 weeks are you pregnant with twins you're huge I was like, like in what world is that okay cheers and also it was like just took you know <laughs> took that quote from friends no uterus no opinion um <laughs> correct yeah, correct exactly. um but I think and and then I saw a midwife afterwards and I said oh apparently I'm huge and she said he's not even a real doctor I wouldn't listen to him and she's so really protective of me but oh. I think you know particularly with the people who love me and think that they were doing it to be nice like oh you know you stayed in shape or isn't your bum big or whatever that l- lovely thing of saying thank you so much that's so kind of you but actually I've got this so if you could just not comment would be fantastic let's just not bring it into the conversation like it's not going to make me feel good and because actually I want to celebrate the fact that my bump is huge because yeah. that's, that's our baby that's in part there. of it yeah, yeah absolutely like, that yeah um, well, thank you so much, Daisy. This has been such a nice chat, and I feel like I feel like I'm ready to know all of the details afterwards. <laughs> I'm like so excited for you. You are about to like embark on the most special journey of your entire life. These last few weeks of feeling heavy and annoyed at everyone and tired because you're up all hours it's so will it worth be okay it. it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay <laughs> this is the training this bit here is the this training is and okay. instantly as soon as that baby's here you just weirdly feel like it all makes sense it all leads yeah. to that moment so i'm so excited for you look after oh, yourself thank you thank you so much for inviting me on it's so nice to speak to someone that is pregnant about their first child 
There is obviously so much unknown and it's amazing to hear Daisy talking about things that many of us felt when we were pregnant with our first. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll be back again next week with another wonderful guest. So make sure you follow the My Little Coco podcast wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you get the latest episodes as soon as they are available. For more helpful products and inspiration on all things baby, visit the advice section on boots.com today. You'll also receive helpful advice and inspiration completely tailored to your stage of pregnancy or for the age of your child. And if you download the Boots app, you'll receive digital offers too. Thanks again to my sponsor Boots and of course, as always, to you lovely lot for listening.